0: A man. A murderer. A murderer whose actions were marked in true crime books and TV shows alike. Stay tuned as we take a further deep dive into why and how he became such a horrific name. A name that is still commonly thrown around to this day. Get ready and listen to... The Acid Bath Killer. Hello everybody and welcome back to Deadly Archives. I'm Drew. And I'm Anna. And today... We are going to be doing the Acid Bath Killer case, like you heard at the beginning of our new spooky intro thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of figured that out in our last episode. Let's talk witches. Um, speaking <laughs> of that last episode, uh, we want to clear some things up because we like really deviated from the original plan. So basically what we were going to do, we all, Drew and I were both in Florida with a bunch of other people, and we were all going to do a bunch of episodes. And the witches one was gonna be a little bonus episode because it was a bonus host, um, but it ended up not being a bonus episode. We had um, another script about aliens outlined that we kind of started doing, and then it just didn't really work out,
1: so we didn't end up posting it. Yeah, and we also filmed all like most of these at from one to four o'clock in the morning, and we had yeah. le- We gotta, we also had to leave <clears> the next <throat> the next like that morning. So yeah, and we're also we were also driving straight through, and it yeah. was it was we over like a twenty like, twenty hour drive. So. I, I timed it too, so yeah, we were all really tired, and we both got really busy, and we tried to make time for it, but we couldn't. So we're doing that now, and hopefully we can record a couple more yeah. uh, episodes for you guys and get them posted to kind of make up for all of that. And so. we will get back on our regular regular schedule.
0: Yeah, and that's starting with this episode. So this should be coming out this Sunday, and then we'll have the following Sundays hopefully recorded and planned out. Um, yeah, so that's why we didn't have a bonus episode that week. We got really good engagement, though, on the episode that we did post, and so I think we're going to kind of keep it that chill format, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think the intro was really cool, and it's something that we're, like, learning. So let us know if you like it. You know, by leaving a review, like, letting us know. I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, like, if you guys, like, like, like some things, like, that we do or we don't do, then, like, you can, like, comment about that. Like, yeah. anything or anything, any medias. cases you guys want us to do. Yes. That would, be, uh, that would be helpful.
0: I'm actually thinking about putting out a Google form on our Twitter um, under like a thread that I have going about cases.
1: Also our Instagram too.
0: Yes. Um, and then also we have an email. So <laughs> we're really racking it. In. At the end of the episode we'll um, disclose all that. But it's just Deadly Archives on Twitter. I know that. So you can find anything on Twitter. But uh, yeah that's all we have for those. So like I had said at the beginning the case that we're doing today is the John George High case Hey. Hey case. John George Hey. <laughs> hey. John George Hey. Um, so, basically, this guy is crazy, um, and he really started the whole, I mean, if you, if you haven't guessed it, acid, you know, he kind of started that rise and how to, like, dispose.
1: Ooh, okay, so I watched a movie about this a long time ago with my Mm -hmm. grandparents, and it was about this dude, it was, like, kind of like the end of the world apocalypse kind of thing, but it wasn't. Yeah. It's just, there was no zombies, just everybody died and this girl she took shelter with this dude and he was a murderer and oh. he was just kind of feeding her kind of founding her up lovely and then he was going to dispose of her body and a like a like a thing of acid but she got to him first and ended up killing him and then she got us got out of the bunker and realized it was the end of the world Okay. This <laughs> is really good movie. Well actually so this guy has a lot of
0: TV shows and like movies based on his crimes and I actually was talking about that at the very end of this. Like what um his crimes kinda resulted in. So I guess we can go ahead and get started. John George Hay was born July twenty fourth in nineteen oh nine. He was born in Stamford, Lincolnshire, and that's a small town in the district of England. I learned way too much about England's geography. In this. Um, So, although from an early life he was raised in a village outside of Outwood, uh, that's in West Riding of Yorkshire. Now, stay with me. Outwood is the town in West Riding Yorkshire, which is one of three historical subdivisions of the Yorkshire, England. So, England is a district with subdivisions inside a district. Why? That's
1: That's so stupid. I don't know. Well, I guess it's,
0: like, before, like... They
1: make kind of things so states. complicated.
0: Well, like, that's how it was originally, but I was so confused when I was reading it because it, like, gave me all these different words. But it was it was really interesting because it's nothing like how the U.S. is set up. Well, I guess it is kind of, but it's like the, I don't know, just, like, sub, subcategories of different districts and stuff. I don't know. It was weird, but it was very interesting to learn about. So, uh, moving on, he was the son of John Robert Hay and Emily... Uh, Emily Knee Hay, which was, um, that's, her middle name's Knee, <laughs> <Emily Nee>. but <laughs> Hay is obviously her married name. Her maiden name was Hudson, and she goes by Hudson a lot. So, Drew just showed me a really cool <laughs> feather. <laughs> that's cool.
1: Um, it's from a, um, where well, they're really annoying, uh, uh chicken? Nope, not no. chicken. Uh, what is it? I don't know. I don't know either. A bird? It's it's it is a bird. Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. a feather, Anna. Um, I don't know what bird it's from. It's on Annoying my aunt's bird. Uh, bird. Oh, nope. <laughs> a parrot? No, it's on my aunt's little farm thing. It's not a farm though. Um, but we do have collectively, I think over twenty animals. Wow. I can never do that. Like English. So we have. Well, like we we're have- about to get a dog. You are. Maybe it's
0: in Ohio. We've been looking at a bunch of dogs. Can I go with you when you get it? Maybe. What is it? I
1: don't want to tell you. Is it a bulldog? An English bulldog. Oh, they're so ugly. Mm -hmm. It's so cute, Drew. It's like a giant baked potato. (laughs) Oh, okay. So we have the dogs. We have my mom's dogs, Biscuit and Grave, and have my dog Walker. And then I have my two cats, Bailey and Taco, and then I have my horse Willow. And my mom's horse, Vegas. And then a horse we're selling, Wynn. And then my cousin's horse, King. And then we have my Aunt Lizzie's uh, three dogs, actually. She just got a new one. I don't know its name. It's a German Shepherd. And then she has um, Oreo and Tito. And then she has Harriet the cat, Annie the cat, and Suki the cat. (laughs) And then she's got her three goats. And that's uh, Edith, Rigby, and, uh, Francis. Mm -hmm. Francis. And then we have the two donkeys, Gus and Murphy. And then we have... Hold on. Who else do we have? I'm missing an animal. Walker? Did you get Walker? I got Walker. No, I'm missing an animal. Hold on. I have to start over.
0: No, you don't. Okay.
1: (laughs) You (laughs) keep thinking (laughs) about that. (laughs) We just have a lot. You have... Okay. Okay. So,
0: basically uh he did not have that plentiful of a life like you, not that many animals. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go and talk about his parents now. So John Robert Hay, he was born or uh, Feb- er, sorry March 29th on a Friday in 1872, very old. Um, he died in 1954 and he'd be 81 years old today. Uh, he also was a mechanical engineer um, and I, I believe that, John followed in his father's footsteps. No, we
1: do have 20 animals collectively. Like, as like as our, our family and then her family. Okay. Like, collectively, we have 20 animals together. That's a lot of animals. It is, but they're all still sweet. Especially the donkeys. So, Emily Nee Hudson, or
0: Emily Nee Hay, she would be 86 today, and she was born in November of 1868. I don't have an exact day, but she was born in that month, in that year. And she died in 1955. So, um, yeah, we're going to go and go back into George or John George Hay now. So John, both Johns, John, his dad and the killer, they both had a very like similar upbringing, you know, they both kind of John Robert's dad was very much the same as how John later parented John George. That's a lot of Johns, but you just got to keep that in mind. <laughs> um, Alright, so John George Hay, he was raised to follow his parents' religion and his grandparents' religion, which is the Plymouth Brethren. Drew, do you know what the Plymouth Brethren is? Uh, a cult. Sure! Is it not a cult? I can give you a direct definition. The Plymouth Brethren, or the Assemblies of Brethren, is a low-church, non-conformist, non-denominational Christian wait, movement. wait.
1: Oh, oh, I'm thinking of something else. I'm thinking of this prison. Music of a prison. Well, there's this like group <clears throat> thing that they had and it was like this little gang in prison. Oh, No. Uh it's that one dude I was just telling you about his mother went there and he eventually went there, too. Cat her his mother's name was Catherine. He's a well-known murderer. I just don't know his name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um,
0: So, uh, basically, they believe that the Bible is the supreme authority for church and doctrine practice, and they take that above um, and over any other source of authority. So, they could be like, oh, someone else could be like, oh, well, you can't do that because it's illegal, and they'd be like, oh, well, my church Bible says so, so actually I can. And that's their vibe. So, really good people. Um, uh, I I, I don't (laughs) think they're good people. So... Basically, the Plymouth Brethren, they generally see themselves as a network of like-minded free churches, not as a Christian denomination. So they're non-denominational, and they kind of, it's like a bunch of, like, little groups of people, a bunch of, like, little different, like, different but similar, like, religions that all come together for one greater cause. So. Well, I wouldn't
1: exactly mm -hmm. call it a greater cause. Looking up toward a greater source. I don't like him. like Jesus.
0: <laughs> That's what they're
1: doing. They're looking at Jesus. I don't like them.
0: Um, so Hay later claimed though that he had suffered reoccurring religious nightmares because of this in his childhood, and this place was not a good well not a good time fault for George is that? for John George, um, I not his I don't think. So but it's definitely his. John George Hay even though, you know, his life was really consumed by this religion, he was very smart. And he was very good at school. So, he was very fond of classical music and went to a lot of concerts. And he won a scholarship to the Queen Elizabeth Grammar School in Wakefield. Uh, Wakefield Cathedral, more specifically. And that's where he became a choir boy. He started singing right, in, he in the He became letter. a choir boy? Yeah. He became a choir boy after a full-ride scholarship to a grammar school so um a year after that he oh sorry after school he became an apprentice at a firm for motor engineers like his father did like i had said they're very similar and a year after he was into that job he left and took a job in insurance and advertising so you know he's making bank he's he's really doing his job uh and this all would be really good he his life would probably stay pretty good if he didn't start committing crimes. So, what do you, he's about to start make his first crime. What do you think his first crime will be? Rape. No. Killing. Okay. I don't... You got really strong about that. Like, right off the bat, you think? Most of them do. They usually start with rape.
1: And then they That's keep going true. further. Or, like you can, the, or okay, usually petty theft. And then they start getting, like, start getting more, like, charges.
0: Petty like, theft is right. It is petty theft. Yes, it is petty theft. At age, at the age of 21, he was suspected of stealing from a cash box at work. Um, and so he was fired. <laughs> Why would you get out of work, though? That's, like, the worst place to do it. <laughs> so, on... The 6th of July in 1934. Or if you do it,
1: then, like, don't get caught. But, like, if you do it and then start working there, wait till someone, a new person comes in. And then do it as soon as that person comes in because they're going to, they're going to think it's the new person.
0: That's true. Have you done this before? No, okay. but I've thought
1: about it. I can tell yeah. that you've thought about it. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not going to do it, but, like, I mean, people are stupid. They don't know what to do. Not like I'm <laughs> telling a murderer this. I mean, unless you're listening. Um,
0: So, like I said, on July 6th of 1934, little Mr. Hay got a lover. He married 23-year-old Beatrice Betty Hammer. So, the marriage did not last long, like, at all. So, in the same year that they got divorced, Hay was put in jail for fraud. Of course. Yeah, but then also, (laughs) the same time that he was in prison... There's more... Yeah, Betty gave birth. More. He, She gave birth to a baby girl that was Hayes, put it up for adoption, and then <gasps> left Hay.
1: Oh my god. While he's in prison. Why would you... And then,
0: it's not even done yet. Icing on top. She Hay's put family, it up for
1: adoption?
0: Yeah, Hayes' family disowned him. Oh, he deserves that. Yeah, so he was, like, going on... He, like, did something bad. He, you know, committed petty theft, whatever, whatever. He's going good. And then he, like, drops really fast. So, like, as an obvious result of this, he, he started, like, to rebel at the world a little bit, um, and he moved to London in 1936 and became a chauffeur to William McSwan, who was a wealthy owner of amusement arcades. So, I believe that those, like, weird arcade things are, like, in a bowling alley when there's, like, the little video game section that just shouldn't be there. That's what he does. Just, like, random things that should never exist in buildings. So, <laughs> kind of hating on him a little bit, but it's okay. Uh, basically, John approached this man and pretended to be a solicitor named William Cato Addison. add ad son Addison. Yeah. William Cato Adam's Adamson.
1: Adamson? Yeah. Adam and Eve. She <laughs> ate the apple. Nope. He, Is that John? how it... Yeah.
0: yeah. John will know all about that because of the church he's in. Remember? Fly mouth. Um. And so basically, uh, now William, right, he has offices. Or not William McSwan, but like John William. Uh, he said that he had offices in Chancery Lane, London. Goldford, Surrey, Hastings, Hastutings t- and Sussex. He's a little sus, as a he? He's very sus. Um, so he sold fraudulent stock shares, and basically he had, like, clients, and when they died he would, like, sell the estates at really, like, below market rates, and then he would, like, scam people for a bunch of money. Buy them, sell them, steal them. A whole bunch of nonsense. So, um... Basically, after he had done all this stuff, he thought he was getting away with it really good. but as he sold like fraudulent stock shares as like a second part to this whole scheme. he basically someone had like uncovered what was going on because he pulled something that I would do and he misspelled the word Goldford on a letter that he had written or that he had written about like the real estate written? that he had <laughs> written about the real estate. So, his, this whole complex plan completely got messed up because he misspelled a word. Wow. Which is very relatable, and I get that. So, Hay received a four-year prison sentence for fraud because of this, and regretting that he had left these victims like alive to accuse him of, you know, committing fraud, he became really intrigued by a French murderer, whose name in English is George Alexander Serrett. Um, I'm not gonna try it in French. Just not gonna. I can't do the accent right now. Uh, he was really inspired by the way he, you know, went about his crimes. How do you think he did that,
1: Drew? Had a that? ribbon on them, like a
0: bow. Quite the opposite. He put their bodies in barrels of sulfuric acid. And this guy was like, I really like that. <laughs> I think that that's my niche. I, I'm really into that. You know. And so then he started thinking in prison. He was like, this is a good thing. He thought so hard that he developed an experiment. See, now he gets out of prison. He finds some field mice. What? Right? And like any good scientist, he knows that you have to have a control. So his control was whatever happens to the field mice. Starve them and
1: let them feast on the bodies of the dead.
0: Not quite. <laughs> he <laughs> took the field mice and put them into, like, a, a barrel... Of sulfuric acid and completely dissolved their bodies. And it only took 30 minutes. Well, that's mice. Exactly. So now he's, he's like, he's feeling this idea. He's like, this works. And that's when things started to go downhill quite quickly. So back to William McSwan. Uh, Hay was released from prison in 1943 and became an accountant with an engineering firm. So after... He had became an accountant. Uh, he had bumped in to his former employer, William McSwan, at a Kingston pub. Now, a pub is a bar, if you don't know that. It's a little hangout spot. We've been to a pub, right? Not not an alcoholic pub, but we went to an Irish pub. And that was that was hopping, you know? <laughs> um, So, McSwan introduced Hay to his parents, Donald and Amy McSwan. And basically, like, when he, when he like, met... William's parents, for some reason he got so angry. Like just out of nowhere. And there was not no trigger. Is with he the... bipolar? I don't know, but like after they like leveled up in the relationship and Willie or and John had met William's parents, he got super jealous. Are they and... dating? No. Like he meet was his parents. Oh. I don't know, man. So basically, after meeting the parents, it all went downhill. So, um, after, after, like, they had been talking for a while, Hay had gotten really close with Donald and Amy for some reason, and in the summer of 1944, they went to 79 Gloucester Road, where Hay had a workshop. Once there, John, Hay, and William, they both kind of went there after hanging out for a while, uh, John decided that now's the time, right? To kill him? Yeah. That's He grabbed a pipe smashes McSwan's skull in with the pipe, and then he's like, well, that's not enough. We have to do our little field mice experiment, and he puts him inside a tub full of acid, like a bathtub full of acid, and just leaves him there. So then, get this, John told William's parents, because remember, he's, like, close
1: with Donald and Amy now, that uh, he went on a long, long vacation and is never coming back. Pretty much. oh, um, he just went off the grid. No, that's exactly what he said. He said that their son
0: went into Scotland to avoid getting drafted by the military. Because this is during the Cold War. So, <laughs> yeah, the Cold War is going on, by the way. Uh, and so, Hay began living in William's house. Right? So, remember, he's so jealous. He doesn't like the parents, but now he's living there. So, I think he did really like them and wished he was like their son. So, he's pretty much just taking over his life. Yeah, and so um, John started collecting rent for William's parents, Donald and Amy, and they became really curious as to why their son hadn't came back from Scotland once the Cold War had ended, you know, because that was over. And they're just like, well, why is he not back yet? I thought he was in Scotland. So then on the 2nd of July in 1945, he lured the parents, Donald and Amy, to the same workshop that he had killed William in.
1: Is he killing them?
0: Yeah, he told them that uh, William had come back from Scotland for a surprise visit, but there was no visit. Um, When they got there, he killed them with the same method, you know, hitting them to the head, and
1: then he put
0: them in a bathtub of acid.
1: You know, it's weird how people get information from these people, because, like, what if they, like, some of it's a guessing game when they, like, write these reports and, like, all these, like, papers on these killers, like... What if there's, like, just some things that they didn't say to these people and you're just making it up? Like, you don't know. What if they got a date wrong? You don't know. You're just going off what someone else thinks happened and knows somewhat of what actually happened.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, some of this can be wrong information.
0: Yeah. That's... I hope not. <laughs> I mean, I'm not well, like, telling the
1: story. Well, like, anything could be, like any, like, any, like, any podcast of, like, any true crime. Any of that could be, like, some, like misinformation yeah because someone doesn't know the full story of what happened
0: that's the only person that knows it is is william
1: yeah and it's like he could have been lying on some of this stuff and then like the person they could have also like just not heard right or just got the information wrong yeah and some of it's actually a guessing game you don't know what happened that day it's crazy out here
0: man it's crazy, I don't even know. I, I So many websites, and that's still a question, like, is this the right thing to be putting out? So, basically, after he had killed them, uh, John decided to steal again. He's going back to fraud. He stole 8,000 pounds, which is equivalent to $10,471.20 in the U.S. I did that math conversion, so that's a lot of money that could get you a horse, like we had talked about earlier. Um, $10,000 can get you a lot. So then, instead of buying a house, though, he moved into the Onslow Court Hotel in Kingston, Uh, which is mind boggling to me because I feel like if you just got a bunch of money and no one really knows who you are, you know, why don't you just invest in property? You feel me? Like, why don't you just. But that's besides the point because this sets up for his next victim. After he had moved into the hotel, he got a lot of obviously financial gain and he began to become a gambler. Big Ooh. red flag. Can't gamble.
1: Nope. Especially That's now a dark road going down, down there, that bud. Back.
0: Yeah. So, now we're going to go ahead and move on to a older woman named Miss Durand Deacon. Deacon? So. Deacon.
1: Yeah, you're... I think it's Deacon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this happens every time. I never know how to pronounce stuff. I'm going to take your word for it. I even did a little Google Translate and I can never remember. So, Deacon. Uh, one of the other residents at the hotel was Mr. Rand Deacon. Uh, she was a 69-year-old widow that had lived in the hotel for over six years. Can you really do that? Yeah, you can live- I think you can still live in hotels. A lot of people live in hotels. It's just expensive. Because you have to, like, pay every night, you know? Unless they have, like, special deals. Because, like, from what I understand, this hotel was definitely one of the, like, long-term ones. Like, you stayed there. Um, so John had told her that he was an engineer and an inventor. You know, and he had just decided to stay at the hotel while he's on the up and up. Um, and one day at lunch on February 14th, Valentine's Day, Mr. Randy Con had showed um, John some fake nails <laughs> that she had designed and asked, hey, if he could improve the idea to make the product more marketable, more mar- because again, he said he's like an inventor, an engineer and all this stuff. So she thinks this guy really knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And she's just
1: trying to get her little nail business going on, you know? And he just had to kill her and ruin it all. Yes. On the 18th, yeah,
0: the 18th, the two of them drove uh, to a ramshackle workshop in Crawley. So he, once he got her there, he decided to change up his little method a little bit. Instead of hitting her with a blunt object, he shot her in the back of the head and then removed her jewelry. Yeah, but then
1: you have the bullet left when it's dissolved. That's, you have the bullet. So why would he change it up? I have no clue. Because it's not gonna dissolve the bullet. Well, no, this is his downfall.
0: Like I don't, he's, this guy, he's honestly not even that crazy. Cause like, a lot of people will like glamorize serial killers and stuff, mm-hmm. or they'll be like, well, he's so smart and like you guys just don't understand. But this guy actually is dumb. He's actually so dumb. Um, so basically, he had shot her in the head, removed her jewelry, her fur coat, and he put Ooh, her body. Fur coat. On, I thought she's a little fancy gal. Um, and he put her body into a 45-gallon, uh, like, drum, and filled her with- so- didn't fill her. He filled the- the drum with like acid, <laughs> but that filled her with it, you know, because I mean, you could have
1: done dissolved. that. It could have also dissolved it faster from the inside out into the outside in. That's true. That's- that would be awful. If you're, like, still alive, and he puts you in, like, acid- Well, technically, you are still alive after you're dead, because, uh, doesn't your brain still work a bit? Like- For, like, a few seconds-
0: you have, you have, like, nerve responses, though.
1: Yeah, like, you're you're technically, thinking. you are still alive. You're still moving. You just have no pulse. <laughs>
0: um, so then, you know, Mr. John George Hay felt very accomplished after this. He came back to his little hotel and ate a three-course dinner. Oh, by the way, did he eat it all? Yeah. But I don't think I could do that and then just go eat dinner. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's... Well, he is
1: also killing people, that's so, there's obviously true. something wrong in his head. I don't think I could kill someone either. I'd clarify that. I don't think I could do either one of those.
0: <laughs> so, people became worried because, again, you know, she's, like, Duran, she's been there for six years. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's a local lady there. And they, everyone at the hotel got worried. And so, then John decided that he would drive another resident to the police station to file a missing persons report. So, now... Let's just lay this out a little bit because you'll, number one, are the last person to be seen with her. Number two, she- you come back with her fur coat and jewelry. Her jewelry. Three, you drive someone to the police station because you don't want to make it yourself. Like, that's a little- He's (sighs) so stupid. Yeah. So when he got there, Sergeant Lamberin did not like his vibe at all and thought he was kind of suspicious of him. Very sus indeed, like you had said earlier. And then this- is where things start coming down we're getting into his real criminal record now this is the hard stuff so the police came up to john shortly after questioning him about his recent surplus in money and gambling again so they were like you're kind of kind of suspect in this william swan case you know and you got all this money all of a sudden like how did that happen and basically they were able to get a hold of duran's belongings that he had pawned off so again he took the coat pawned it off they were able to trace it back to him That when he pawned it off. Mm -hmm. Um, And he didn't really say much, but gave like a basic story to corroborate everything that he had been telling the other residents of the hotel. And he was like, oh, you know, we just went and hung out. And then she told me to drop her off and I came back. So then on Thursday of that same week, the police returned again to speak with Hay. And again, he gave the same statement, but this time he put in a few extra details. You, know, you never
1: add details. Like, yeah. you always keep it, like, simple, but, like, with little details.
0: Yeah. And then on Saturday, February 26th, the authorities went to Hayes' workshop in Crawley. This is where it all went down. There, the detectives found a rubber apron, a gas mask, empty carboys, and they also found a recently fired iron Einfeld revolver and a dry-cleaning receipt for a black Persian lamb coat. Which is the fur coat, ladies and gentlemen, mic drop.
1: He cannot pull that coat off, I can tell you right now. (laughs) So, this
0: is his confession. On Monday, February 28th, they took Hay into custody, and he confessed that night. Uh, Later in that night, like I had said, Don confessed to the main detective. um, I'm just going to go by the last name Webb here. That's all I really had. And so, he said, quote, I've destroyed her with acid. You'll find her sludge that remains at the Leopold Ew, Road. Why would you say sludge? That's just a weird word. Yeah, every trace is gone. How can you prove a murder if there's no body? Well, he just confessed but to not. it. That's what we're. That's what I'm saying. But it is really hard, you know, to get this stuff without a body. But again, they found all of the acid and stuff, so it's not really that hard. He then went on and added that the McSwans at that he had killed the McSwans and the Hendersons. To his confession, claiming that Harry he- Harry and the Hendersons! Yeah, claiming that he had killed all of them, only to drink their blood. Ew. Which is not- I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true, because that came out of nowhere, you know? And also, if- did you drain all their blood? Because we would have seen that, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's not- I call Cap on that one. So- Basically, he said they wanted to drink their blood. And then on March 1st, a pathologist, Dr. Keith Simpson, examined the Crawley workshop and found blood stains on the walls, and a hat pin at the bottom of the 45-gallon drum. And this will help. Like, they found the hat pin. They was like, whatever. That's definitely her. Like this, she was here. And then they needed again. They needed a body, right? So they have all the circumstantial evidence, but they don't have the body. They're not going to get the body, but what they did get were some teeth, and they were able to make a dental identification confirmed by the remains of Durand DeCon. So, Deacon. Deacon. I knew I said it wrong as soon as I said it. So, moving on to his trial and arrest, we're getting to the end. Uh, Hay was charged with the murder of Miss Durand. Durand.
1: Last name Duran Duran. I don't know Deacon Deacon.
0: Thank you, Mr. Duran Deacon. On March second, he was taken uh, to Louis Prison, and then John Hayes trial began on July eighteenth, nineteen forty nine. But it was also finished the same afternoon it started, which never happens. Um, the jury only took seventeen minutes to find him guilty. Sometimes people are, are there. That is pretty impressive. Yeah, people can like... be in there for out days hours you know i know oh it, i know someone <laughs> and it took him 17 minutes so he was he was sentenced to death and it's what he deserves what do you what do you think he, what do you think he got for the death penalty how do you think he got executed
1: hanging or electrocution pick one which one's your favorite electrocution
0: hanging Hanging. someone's finally hung yes yeah, someone finally got hung i think we i think one of the person got hung too but he got hanged at Wandsworth on August tenth, nineteen forty nine, and that is the acid bath case. So, although the case had finished, you know, he got hung. This went down in history, like I said at the beginning. Like this, this really took a toll. There's lots of books on this, lots of TV shows, lots of movies, even to want to like things that i picked out a lot that i'm sure a lot of people like know the name of a criminal minds episode called masterpiece was loosely inspired by Hayes' behavior and actions during like interviews i've seen criminal minds a lot you have too the episode really there's nothing to do with acid in it like it's it's a very like intense like that's what mental episode very loosely on based on it so i like do i don't know i had a fact check coat?
1: that huh did i fully do the with the fur coat
0: no. Like, it, it's, there's like, it's it's really loosely based on it. It's based on, like, his actions and behaviors. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, um, also the TV show A is for Acid. So his personality. Yeah. But this one was not. A is for Acid is, a, like, a series. And he was, like, one of the first people. Like, the first case on the TV show. Because, obviously, Acid. Acid bath killer. Kind of mm-hmm. the same, same realm, if you ask me. Um, so, yeah. That was, that was a crazy case. It's been a while. Felt, felt good to get back into the swing of things. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird for a while filming it. I don't know, a lot of stops, but it was good. I think that was, I think that yeah. went well. So I hope you guys really liked it. I hope you guys were intrigued. Um, make sure to follow us on our Twitter at Deadly Archives. We have an email, um, contact archives
1: at gmail.com. We also have a um, Instagram too. Yes. Just... Deadly Archives. Yep. And a website
0: at deadlyarchives.mailchimps.com I believe. So we, we don't are... know our own website? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but the <laughs> link is in our Twitter. So, you know. And the Twitter's very easy to find because it's just the name. So Yeah, make sure to check us out on everything. If you have any case suggestions, please DM us on Twitter or on Instagram or send us an email, preferably. That would be actually awesome Um, because I really, really want to get that email working. So, but yeah, I guess that's all. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. You got anything you want to say? Nope. Okay. Bye. Bye.